You know a lot about golf. Hey, it's us, those weekend golf guys, and we are going to have a great show. So what else is new? Coming up, we have uh, Jeff Smith, who is up in Long Island playing golf with his son at Sabonic, will not be with us. Tom Mallet, who is a very accomplished PGA teaching pro, good friend of the show, is a good friend of ours. He will be uh, substituting very capably. And we're going to talk to some folks from Overload Overload Golf. Brett Campbell is the CEO. Great Australian accent. Going to have to do that. And uh, Randy Henry, who is a renowned golf instructor, golf club fitter. Used to own a golf club company. I mean, you've run into this guy. Maybe you've seen him on uh, the Golf Channel. Yeah, we get the big guys here. We are those weekend golf guys. That's just a taste of what's coming up. So stick with us. We'll be right back. That's right, it's time for us, those weekend golf guys. John Ashton here in studio, intrepid producer Mark Hunter on the controls. Jeff Smith still gallivanting around the Northeast. I believe today he's playing at some goat ranch called Sabonic. He's been at Beth Page Black. He's All not right. here. He's not That's here. The key. In his stead, capably filling in, Mr. Tom Allett from um, Golfer's Paradise. Golfer's Paradise, New Albany, Indiana. Come yes, see indeed. us. Come see him. He is. Uh, if if you've been listening to us for a while, you you uh, have heard Tom before when we used to be out at uh, at Valley View uh, Golf Course here in uh, in Floyd's Knobs, Indiana. Southern Indiana has so many great golf professionals that they should be able to boast the most good golfers in the country, and I'm sure Indiana probably does. Well, our region I don't know about Indiana, but our region here in the Louisville area mm-hmm. been phenomenal in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, as far as how many how much talent it's. Put out is, is golf a game that you have to have an innate ability in order to excel at, or can anybody get the hang of it and do it well? I had the innate ability mm-hmm. right from the start, so it would be hard for me to judge or say. Okay. Uh, I would say no. I mean, I, you'd have to have it, yeah, to really. You ever excel. get any folks that come out for lessons and you basically say, hey, "Why don't you take up bowling?" Uh, no, but. You know, it, it just depends on what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. In the real art of teaching, John, is about getting the most out of well, each got. person's yeah. swing. Yeah. So um, I try to make sure they don't hurt themselves, <laughs> <laughs> which most golfers do. And that's why they quit. Mark, you guys thought the sport <laughs> was going up, away. Buddy. <laughs> yeah. Get a gym membership. Yeah. Know? Well, you know, a lot of times going, for, for many of us amateurs, going to a golf pro is a lot like going to a gym. We're a little afraid to do it until we get better. You know, like you don't well, want to go to a gym until you get in shape. What you're you know? doing is you're seeking knowledge, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. And, a, and a pair of eyes. So with that in mind, find somebody you know is reputable yeah. and get to your goal faster yeah. by taking a lesson. I think we're still afraid when you say, what am I doing wrong? The answer would be everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some days are like that. Yeah, I know that's right. And some days you do nothing lo- wrong, and yeah. that's uh, that's a lot of fun too. It is, man. We all have our moments of brilliance, which exactly. is what keeps us coming back. And in it? an otherwise <laughs> mundane career. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me tell you. I'm, I'm going to ask a question, a technique question, yes, and show off yes. simultaneously because I'm good at that. Uh, you've played Elk Run, yes. You're very familiar with it, yes. Great place. We were out there on Sunday. Uh-huh. And on number 10, for some reason, well, 
my natural ball flight off the tee is a draw. Okay, so that's important to know first of all. Right. Right. And then number 10 goes right to left. I think I know where this is going. <laughs> Anyhow, my drive was not short. It was nice, but it wound up bouncing across the cart path and came to rest in the second cut of rough, which is very fluffy. John, can you say <laughs> diversity? <laughs> <laughs> you got to be able to hit a cut shot sometimes, and that's what that tee shot requires. Yeah, it is. It, Hook's going to put you in the trees every yep, time. And that's where I was. But I took, so, I took a four hybrid for my second shot. Yeah. And, um, again, it was in the fluffy Solid. stuff. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I'm going to ask you what it was I should have done differently. Okay. But the club head came basically too far under the ball, and I kind of popped it up a little bit, only went like 80 yards. It did go exactly where I was aiming it, though, into yeah. the middle of the fairway. You just got underneath it. Yeah. It was sitting on air. Yeah. So what do you do in that case? Do you, like, <laughs> move it forward, or you wait till no one's looking and kick it a little bit, or what? <laughs> no, um... Basically, you set the club in the air behind the ball mm-hmm. and get a feel for where that's at. Or so basically, stay don't, in that position. Don't and then ground the hit club it. then, and just yeah, yeah, because you know that there's a lot of air between the ball and the ground, and yeah. you don't want to undercut it, yeah. which is what happened. And so I was the feeling- other other thing you could do is just look at the ball more intently and bring the club head to it. <laughs> <laughs> Pray harder, wish yeah. more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. All those good I mean, things. Who knows why do. some things happen in golf, but it's still a great game. I love it. I, I think was, it's a great game for kids. After that shot, though, I was feeling a tad impotent because uh, the other three guys, you know, it's a par five. Well, you weren't feeling good about it, I'm no, sure. No, but the other three guys were like within 100 yards of yeah. the green, and I was 178 yards away. Yeah. And, you know, everybody, just, they're kind of just sitting there very patiently in the cart going, come on, John, you can do this. <laughs> So I took out my five iron, yeah, and I hit the ball exactly 178 yards. In the hole? Four inches offline. Wow. Yeah. So out of the four people, three of whom were making fun of me for that second shot. Wait a minute. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, when I play with my friends, we look for our ESPN moments. <laughs> that's right. Sounds like that was one for you. That was a sports center moment right yeah. there, buddy. I wish the cameras had been there for me. Yeah. But – uh um, again, that's that's just a an, an occasion of when you have your moments of brilliance. Yeah, followed by well, it's you know, part preceded of the, by two bad shots. Oh yeah, one good shot, and I wound up birdieing the hole. Yeah, you know, it can happen. It can happen. It can happen, it can happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> You're young at heart. <laughs> oh man, you have a, a rather extensive um, sized place out there. And you're kind of right on the cusp of suburbia meets the country. Um, yeah, one time it was. I think it's mostly suburbia now. Yeah, a lot of a lot countries of way out there near Henryville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, a whole another ten miles down the road. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it is growing leaps yeah, and bounds, yeah. so it's fastly getting absorbed by the city. Yeah, I know. Fuzzy, Almost inner city. Fuzzy's trying to turn Henryville into suburbia by building a golf course and lots of houses around it. Isn't that where Champions Point is in Henryville? Um, no. It's no, it's H off place. of Memphis. Yeah. Uh, um, Fuzzy's place. Great place. Yeah, Champions that's how we Point. refer to it as Fuzzy's place. <laughs> yeah, you know? That's what the locals do. You know how to get there. They're local. Hey, we've got a lot more conversations. We're going to talk about practice, so how to do it, when you should do it, why you should do it, and a lot more good stuff's coming up. Stick with us. We are on those Weekend Golf Guys, and we'll be right back.
And we are those weekend golf guys. Or the big cheese, as we used to be called in high school. But there you go. John Ashton in studio, Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave at Outer Creek, intrepid producer Mark Hunter on the controls. And we were talking about walking from your ball position to the hole position in a vain attempt for most of us to try to figure out which direction this green is sloping at. You know, that's the big thing. When you take a walk, most people are just strolling around and they're not really aware. Mm -hmm. But here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, look, take a walk and be aware of your feet. Don't look down at the green. Did I say that clearly enough? (laughs) Don't look down at the green. Uh Uh-huh. Because what happens then is your eyes are, you know, in some people's cases, they're somewhere between five and six foot four inches above the hole. And as they look down at the ground, you know what it looks like? Flat. Looks flat. Uh Uh-huh. So your brain's getting some signal that it's kind of flat. Yeah. So what it's not getting is a clear signal from your feet that it isn't flat. So if you keep your eyes up, kind of looking straight out in front of you up, then all of a sudden your feet are walking along this sloped surface and you're doing some, they're doing some kind of self-leveling action, you know, because your ankles are, you know, kind of that ball joint that kind of, you put your foot on a you know, sloped surface mm-hmm. and it angles and shifts and does all that. Sure. Well, yeah. you can be, you can tell. You know right away when you're standing on, if one foot might be higher than another, if it's a little higher on the right than it is on the left. In the case we're talking about, right at the hole, the, the hole I just gave an example was the right side of the hole was higher than the left. Mm-hmm. I want to find out about how much. So I just use simple ther- simple terms. Is it a little? Is it a little more than a little? Is it a medium amount? Is it a little more than a medium amount? Or is it a lot? Or is it a heck of a lot? So in that, I have a real good idea of how far out I have to play it. Those are the so official go- metrics, though. Right. Yeah. A, little, yeah. a little to a whole lot. Okay. And so here's what, I do. here's what I do to help people get from I can't read a green at all uh-huh. to... I can read a green better than what I did, and I did it in 15 seconds. Okay. Was if I feel it just a little bit, I'm going to play it one ball out. Okay. If it's a little more than a little bit, I'm going to play it two balls out. Uh If I feel it like a medium amount, I'm going three balls out. You see what I mean? I I hear you. But I'm really going to pay attention to what it feels like between the middle length of the putt and the end of the putt toward the hole. I will figure that out real fast. And you know what I'm going to have? I'm going to have a ball that's curving toward the hole at the end of that putt. Yeah. As that ball's slowing down, every revolution, it's now getting closer to the hole as opposed to getting farther from the hole. Makes that second yep. putt a lot easier too, don't it? Sure does. Mm-hmm. So when I talk to people about reading greens, it's just as simple as possible for all the people who are essentially Ray Charles in reading greens. <laughs> I get them to be... Like it, it's like I, I've I've touched their eyes and I have healed them because they can read a green now. It's amazing to me how many people have it so wrong. What about the grain? And what about this? And what about that? And that well, that tree over there is really low. That green must tilt toward the like. Oh, jeez! <laughs> if it's not between your ball and the hole, stop thinking about it. Because <laughs> it's not going to factor into what's going on for your ball. Right. So you, you put your feet really close to where you're kind of going to figure it out and you're going to walk. Now, here's the deal people go, oh, but you're not allowed to stand on your line or touch your line or any of that stuff. Yes, that's correct. So, since we're going to bring up that whole you know, rule thing about not touching your line, there's an easy way of going about that too. Since the rules kind of define the line as this 
straight line between your golf ball and the hole. And, oh, yeah, by the way, the rules don't say how wide that line is. It could be the width of the green because they don't say. That's right. And it also could be the width of a human hair. That's true. And they don't say that either. So I'm going with the human but hair there's this yeah. interpretation. Yeah, that's, see, and that's the other point is, is now that there's this whole intended line. I don't have an intended line until I figure out where I'm going to intend to put the thing. <laughs> <laughs> and during my process, I can walk any place I want. If I was cleaning stuff, I can go walk anywhere on my green, and I can go clean that stuff off of whatever I think my intended line might be, right? Yeah. But what if I accidentally stepped in that area, and then my ball rolled through there? What rules policy wonk is going to say, you stepped in your area of of your line? Well, it, well anybody who does that to us, it's the last time they're playing with us. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Realistically, if you haven't figured out where you're going to put it yet, there cannot be any intended line. That's true. So let's just get the point out is you don't want to be doing that on purpose. So be smart about this. Let's say that we use this example where you're going to have to come in a little bit on the right side Mm -hmm. and you know it. Why not walk toward your, you know, between your ball and the hole just a little bit on the left side? Just a little. So that way you're not even close to what you know would be an intended line, which would be on the right side. And it wouldn't be dead up the middle where the the rule book actually defines it as a straight line between the ball and the hole, which, by the way, only extends until the hole, not beyond it. So that means you could go stand behind the hole to kind of feel how much break there was, too, under that scale that I've got of a little bit equals a ball. (laughs) (laughs) And a little more than a little bit equals two balls. (laughs) You could do that, and you could kind of feel that, and you go, oh, I'm kind of getting the picture here. So easily enough, you can read a green very quickly. It takes about 10 to 15 seconds. And then once you do that, you don't have to think about whether you're in Vegas and it breaks toward the strip or not. <laughs> unlike Mark, now, unlike intrepid producer Mark, who always breaks toward the stripper. Oh, wait, that's not what you were saying. Okay. The strip, as in the, the uh, Las I, Vegas. Strip. I got you now. Okay. So, I, so here's the okay. So here's when I go out to the Vegas and play golf with these monkeys every mm-hmm. year. You know, yeah, yeah. Outside of the banana eating, it is a real <laughs> fun event. Because I mean, there's a contest for that. We yeah. the, anyway. Uh, that's another story for another day. Uh-huh. But all of these 35 handicapped guys that I play with all say the same thing. Well, the mountains are over there, and the strip <laughs> is down there, so every putt breaks there. And yet they watch me putt, and they watch me read a green, and they don't see me using that nonsense in any of my putts. And yet I'm the one that's making things. And they're not even smart enough to figure that stuff out. I think you need a new group of friends. Oh, these guys are great. They eat a lot of bananas. <laughs> Jeez, they eat a lot of bananas. <laughs> I got you, man. I got you. Okay. Uh, but still, it's it's perspective, and some of us, I guess, use your feet instead of your eyes because your eyes see basically what you want to see, and you really can't trust your own eyes. But no. you can trust your and feet. Most people, here's the other thing, too. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're playing with a bunch of guys your age, John. Yeah. After you've figured out, you know, you've whittled them down as to which guys are, you know, like can actually get out of a golf cart and not use their walkers up to the green. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, their eyes are bad. Yeah. And they can't see it anyway. Yeah, see, I can't see a hole. Jump up and down in front of it for me because that's the way, way I'll know it's there. So you need to be the guy that goes to the hole and stands right behind it. Yeah. 
and feels in his feet which side's higher. Yeah. How much higher? Yeah. Okay. Gives you a real good perspective. <laughs> and you know what you do? You have a lot of shorter second putts. That's what you do. That's always good, man. Listen, yep. we've got uh, Steve Colton, Brett Blakely from Encore Golf Balls Company. Those guys are cool. These guys are firebrands, man. They are ahead of the curve. There are all kinds of great things you can say about them, but they've got some uh, some great new product. And um, if you're not a professional golfer, you could probably stand to use their golf balls because it's going to help. Hey, as they say, couldn't hurt. We're going to be right back. Don't you move. We are those weekend golf guys. Thanks for hanging. We are back. Those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton and Trevor producer Mark Hunter on the controls. Again, Jeff Smith playing golf with his son at Sabonic. You know, I guess you got to go slumming sometime during during your yeah. life. And uh, Tom Willett from, um, excuse me, I, I keep accenting the wrong syllable, don't I? When you get rich and famous, syllable. you can do it like like Tony Dorsett did. He went from Dor- Dorset to Dorset. You can go from yeah. Mallet to, to Mallet. You, you could, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Very good, John. <laughs> Tom, Tom is uh, one of the premier golf instructors in our little neck of the woods here oh, in the uh, Indiana, Kentucky area, and we've got another world-renowned golf instructor on the phone with us here, uh, Randy Henry, uh, along with um, Brett. And Brett, I forgot your last name. I'm so sorry. Campbell. That's a right, Brett Campbell. Brett Campbell. Randy, like I said, is is a uh, golf instructor of renown who has done a bunch of things that we're going to talk about, and he has uh, joined forces with uh, Brett Campbell's organization. You guys are going to have to explain what Overload Golf does in a nutshell, Brett, if you could do that, and then we'll get into yeah, the specifics. I'll just, yeah, I'll give you a quick overview. Overload Golf is a group of us that have been industry experts in the last 20 years. We've got guys from the finance in the valley. We've got industry experts like Randy joining us, um, Austin Fazio, Randall Henry, around making better business um, connections and partnerships between the golf industry. So bringing things to market quickly. We've got a fund where we can see innovation. We've already done three or four deals, but we're really around changing the way um, golf business is done. It's exciting to see these new business models as technology comes in. And cool. that's what Overload Golf's all about. Yes, it is. We need to uh, roll with the changes, as they say. And, uh, Correct. Keep we've, got up great, with... we've got a great team. great team that's done it before in technology and finance. So we're kind of now applying it to golf, which we're excited about. And, and Randy, you, you are, um, I guess, a major claim to fame is uh, developing interchangeable heads and dynamic club fitting. Can you give us a little idea of that? Because so many of us amateurs don't even bother to, uh, to get clubs fitted. We just buy off the rack, as it were, and walk out and wonder why we can't do what, <laughs> what the ad said we should do with those clubs. Where have you been living? <laughs> Mark, he needs to get out more. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Well, <laughs> uh, back in uh, back in the day, you know, in the late seventies, we had uh, started a golf club company uh, named Henry Griffiths, who was a friend of mine. Was Jim Griffiths, and, mm-hmm. and me being Henry, and so uh, at that time uh, uh, we were golf pros, and we felt that equipment was basically too strong for ninety nine percent of the people. So uh, we started this company, and and uh, Jim and I. Um, innovated a few things as far as the interchangeable heads and lie boards and and a lot of the things that are used today in this small company and the company became a worldwide company and and uh, was used a lot on the tour we had at one time you know 
didn't pay anybody, but we had <laughs> over 20% of the tour club. And so we, we, we did real well, and we had great success because we could encourage uh, golf swings with it. Well, being golf pros, uh, I don't believe in just giving a guy a club and fitting him or condemning him to his old swing. <laughs> uh, we basically uh, uh, would weaken the club and strengthen the swing, and we got great results, and we got great results on the tour with, like, like a Peter Jacobson who won three in a row or, you know, lots and lots of the mm-hmm. senior tour. And then, uh, and, but it works even better for uh, the average golfer because the average golfer just, uh, you know, it, in those days, especially it was always, you know, if Jack Nicholas uses the club, uh, it's good enough for me. Well, exactly. Well, we always, <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. That's we always I'm... said if Jack uses the club, it's probably the worst thing in the world for you. <laughs> Basically that's the, that was the theory in those times. So, so we also did a lot with. Uh, we brought in the first thirteen degree driver. We brought in the first sixteen degree driver. Uh, we what we brought, brought that about? Up. We did a lot of those things. So, what brought that about? Tell us that story. Well, we worked a lot with people, and I mean, um, you know, anybody who's been a teacher. I remember the era. Well, and what happens when you get loft in a club? Most of these people come in and. And everybody has to back foot it because they're hitting a nine degree driver and they're hitting some carp fade. And, and so it, it thing, the swing's just worse and worse. And we've always felt that people are better athletes than that. And so once we started to take the loss up, because the swing speeds were so much lower mm-hmm. than people were using nine degree drivers, they started to get the ball up in the air. And they went from, uh, you know, all we'd have to do is work them to their left side a little bit. And they went mm-hmm. from kind of a high lobby fade to a to a strong hook and they're hitting a 13 or even a 16 degree driver lower than they hit their nine because they had a better motion gotcha. and you remember in the old days when they used to say uh, uh big people can't play uh golf uh you know and and when we were out on the senior tour i was playing center at six foot you know everybody's five six out there <laughs> and i always said that, and i always said that tall people can't play golf with short people clubs and so we adjusted lies so we adjusted lengths yeah. and we basically i think homero blancos was the first one we took him out to uh, the senior tour and he played a 45 inch driver and i can remember mm-hmm. trevino was doing nbc and he came over and said, man, you're hitting that driver. Like, I can't believe. And he picked it up and he said, yeah, I got this driver. It's 45 inches long. And Trevino said, there's not a human in the world can hit a 45-inch driver. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's that's one of the things you, you mentioned earlier, you know, about uh, if, if Jack Nicholas did it, that's what everybody wanted. I mean, that, that thought's still around. I mean, you see, yes. you, see you know, Jason Day or any of those guys, and you go, oh, I need, I need that M1. He's got it. I gotta have yeah. that putter. I gotta have that putter. Look at that putter. He keeps sinking forty foot putts. I need yeah. to get that putter. It's not like it's got a homing device. He knows how to putt. Brett, Randy, yeah, I've been around for a while. I'm sixty years old. It just seems to keep. I mean, that's that's one of the constants of golf. Mm-hmm. You've got certain people that have to have the latest and greatest mm-hmm. equipment. Mm-hmm. You have other people that oh, it doesn't matter. It's you know, yeah. But it 
it happens time and time again. Yeah. Well, I thank God for those people because I knew an, an older guy who insisted on a brand new set of irons every year, and that's why he sold me his his Ping Raptors for three hundred bucks. It's a trickle down method. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I could just get them fit to me, I'd be fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, being sixty years old, I mean, at sixty, you're not creating the same club head speed that you did when you were twenty two. And so uh, that's why we had such success on the senior tour. We just, we would weaken the club and strengthen the swing. And Mm -hmm. and that's what you can do with every amateur. And Mm -hmm. and really the reason we brought in the longer club so much was that uh, we did that for a lot of the older players, you know, the ones that are 70 years old that need a little bit of distance. So Mm -hmm. giving them the length or the leverage on the club gave them, the distance but they could still hit it square anytime you make it longer it's harder to hit in the middle but a lot of these old guys are playing golf every day and uh, so it added 10 or 12 yards which got them to the green or at least got them into the sand trap and uh, uh they weren't hitting a drive a three wood and an eight iron in so randy henry and uh, and brett campbell from um, overload golf our guests here on this weekend golf guys and and randy do me a favor you, you you've mentioned the the term a couple times weaken the club and strengthen the swing can you explain what that actually means to the average golfer well most of the time the average golfer is kind of buying that average club which is the nine and a half degree driver with a for a medium shaft which really probably makes no difference at all <laughs> and uh and so uh basically and that's and that and that's a problem is some of these things give fitting a bad name but mm. if you weaken the club say you take uh, uh that nine and a half degree driver and turn it into a 13 or a 14 degree he can now actually move his weight to his left side and get completely different ball flight and change everything about it. But he needs some help from his pro. Mm -hmm. So I think fitting has to go along with teaching. So what happens is when you fit a person, you have to break his old habits. If he hits and jumps backwards every time, he's going to hit a kind of a high cut or whatever he hits. And if you can just teach him that golf is like every other sport in the world and, and you're going to, your motion uh most people are much better athletes than we give them credit for and <laughs> i think uh golfers i think biomechanically are listed as as the worst sport uh, and and, yeah. and i and i yeah. really do think that's because of equipment because the equipment is so strong they have to figure out a way to hit it yeah. and and most of the time they do it's a, a good friend of mine is a guy named bill russell and he played basketball He's a good athlete, obviously. And and Bill, I watch him play golf, and I say, Jesus, you know, this guy can't be this bad an athlete. <laughs> you know, he looks awful. But here on yeah. the, you know, he wins 11 rings or whatever. And But the thing is, is that uh, uh, he can't play clubs with, with clubs that are built for a guy 5'6". Yeah. You yeah. give him the clubs that are, are decent for him, and give him some instruction, well, he understands balance. He understands uh, uh, an athletic motion. And that's almost everybody. And honestly, given the chance, most people can make dramatic changes if you reward them for them. So when I sold a set of clubs, I always sold an evaluation system with them. I said, uh, here's the club. You do this. You get to your left side. Mm -hmm. You do what we've worked on. 
and the club will work for you, and you'll get great results. So we got great results, and people from all over the world would come into a small place up in Idaho in, and uh, get fit for clubs, and it, and it, and it really was a, uh, quite a thing. Small place, but a nice place. Listen, we haven't even let uh, let Brett talk yet, so if you yeah, guys would, no. be, would be nice enough to hang on through this break... Uh, We'll be back, and we will continue with uh, Randy Henry and uh, Brett Campbell from Overload Golf and Tom Mallett and me and everybody. We are those weekend golf guys, and we're coming right back. And we are back. John Ashton here. Tom Mallett. Mallett. Tom Mallett. Tom. Tom. Just call me for dinner, John. (laughs) (laughs) Intrepid producer Mark Hunter on the controls and with us on the line, Randy Henry and uh, Brett Campbell, both from Overload Golf. Now, Randy has been talking about uh, club fitting. That's one of his major claims to fame. He's a world-renowned golf instructor. How many amateur golfers would you just say off the top of your head have the wrong equipment right now at this very moment? Uh, 99. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hate to say that, but yeah, yeah. that's uh, what I would say. How do we fix that, Randy? I mean, what, why do people let us walk out of a shop? I mean, Tom here runs a practice facility, and he's got clubs uh, for sale, both new and used in his, his establishment. And Tom, I mean, one of the things you would do is you'd say to somebody, that's not going to work for you. Exactly. So why do the folks at the big box stores let us walk out with an $1,100 set of irons that they know is not going to work for us? Well, there you go. <laughs> the $1,100 has something to do with it. <laughs> no, it, it actually has to do with uh, heart and uh, wanting to do the right thing by mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And that's the recipe for a successful salesperson. Yeah. So it's one of those things that Maybe the the person that's helping you isn't knowledgeable. Yeah, that's true. Since you know? some of the big box stores have gotten rid of all those guys that had PGA after their name. But I would think that the we're making inroads mm-hmm. that a lot of people do get fitted still. Yeah, you think it might be also PGA a lack, a lack and, of knowledge on the part of the consumer themselves. I mean, you 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 take the well, seven iron and I you go to the, the ones, hitting bay and yeah, it feels I, good and you I, get it. I think they're the ones that have uh, accelerated. The most. Yeah. You know, they're, they're a lot more savvy and know about different shaft yeah. flexes. That's true. That's true, reading it all. Brett Campbell, who's the uh, CEO of Overload Golf, where, where uh, Randy Henry is now uh, pulling his paychecks, I guess, or working with them or however you want to put that. And, Brett, you were saying that um, you were a very high handicap who took a couple lessons from Randy and down to a 15 now. What was it specifically that he changed with you? Yeah, look, I think the, the main thing is, and getting back to the other question, is people just don't know what they don't know. Well, that's and true. So, you know, and when Randy kind of showed me how I was swinging, I, had a, I played cricket in Australia when I grew up, mm-hmm. and, you know, he had to alleviate that, you know, the my forced forearm. So, you know, he just knew how my body needed to react. So it was good for me, and also, you know, they always say golf's about the six inches between your ears, and that's yeah. where my, my problem is. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, I mean, from an overload golf point of view, um, having Randy on board so we can actually qualify and do criteria of the investments we look at is, you know, is such a help for us because we want to change the way people are doing business so that people do get that 
knowledge around what's the best shaft for them and what's the best kind of irons for them. That's what Overload Golf's all around trying to match the right business with the right people in the industry. Gotcha. That's very cool. So yeah. did did, yeah. did you play golf at all? I know you played cricket in Australia. Did you play golf at all there? Because it's pretty big in Australia. I, or is it? Was that played some... a, yeah, look, I played, played a bit of golf. You know, I grew mm-hmm. up in the Sandbelt area. So if you know the Royal Melbourne Golf Club, I used to sneak on there on Christmas Day with my seven iron with my Sweet. father and get chased off by security. Waiting <laughs> 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 for the well, Christmas scoops. You know, well worth it all the time. Well worth it. Exactly. Uh, so, um, our overload golf is that? It, that's basically it's an industry company. You're working with with the golf industry. It's not something that uh, the average golfer would would deal with directly. But probably we deal with a lot of companies that you are behind that you're directing or financing or helping establish. Correct. And if you think of it, some of our you know main go to markets are we're helping international companies come into the U.S. and understand how to do business in the U.S. quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also you know. Um, with Randall, Austin, myself, and Ken, who are the kind of the four leaders, and then with Randy as an advisor, we're really, you know, understanding what businesses need what in what region, right? So there's certain things that's happening over in Dubai or Australia that are different in the U.S. Sure. So we're doing that kind of stuff to help consult. Yeah. Well, hey, we know this awesome. little radio show. You want to take it international, man. We're already big in Moscow on the Internet. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> 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 you know, I don't bag of cash before we go into Russia. I don't even speak Russian. I don't know why people in Moscow are listening. I don't I don't understand it. But maybe we've just been hacked by the Russians. It seems to be going around these days. <laughs> uh, Randy, just, just uh, in a few minutes that we have left here together, just I'm an amateur golfer. I I find it difficult to break 85. Other than taking lessons, which I've started doing, you know, I've resisted for 25 years. Finally, I broke down. I've also resisted practicing, and I finally broke down and can actually say the word now. Can't say that I do it a whole lot, but I can say the word. It used to scare me. What would you suggest for the amateur golfer who decided, hey, this is the year. I want to break 80. What kind of a, a uh-huh. regimen should they do? First thing is go find a, a, a good golf pro like Tom here or, or Jeff and, and just say, listen, teach me what I don't know. Or teach me what I need to know? Right. I, I mean, a golf pro, and especially, I think, uh, uh, I've been on the Golf Channel Academy now, and, and I think they're really trying to move the golf pros to giving lessons on the golf course. And I think playing on the golf course, uh, I'm sure that uh, all, all your guests would say, uh, I could teach most people if I caddied for them to shoot mm-hmm. five shots better. Yeah, and yeah. honestly, giving golf course, giving instruction on the golf course. Now, obviously, you want to take care of, of I mean, uh, these are good instructor, instructors you have. So, basically, they're going to pick one thing that fixes 20 things. And, right. and, and it's been proven that you can only do one thing at a time. So, once they fix that one thing, they go out to the golf course with you and cement that with you, and I think that that can make huge differences to the student. And so I, I really would encourage taking lessons on the golf course. Uh, yeah. I think it's a, a great way to lower your scores, obviously. Yeah, I was just telling Tom earlier, uh, I played last Sunday at a course with which he is very familiar here in town, and I have a, a natural draw off the tee, <clears throat> which was not conducive to a good shot on this one par five because the fairway falls right oh, to yeah, left. Yeah. So. 
my my tee shot, even though it landed in the fairway, it rolled into the other stuff. But and he said, well, you need to learn how to hit a cut. Well, how hard is that? Because I have no idea how to hit a cut. I don't even know why I hit a draw. You ever been scared, John? Yes. It's like being scared with a golf club in your hand. <laughs> okay. Instead of going on through the shot, you hold off. <laughs> oh, no. Gotcha. <laughs> you know that what, for imagery? You know what really scares me is that kind of makes sense to me, Tom. <laughs> I do it would. <laughs> okay. Um, well. You know, and, and I guess, Randy, how – because all of us probably feel we're much better than we really are until we're confronted with a golf pro and then we're afraid to, to even swing the club in front of them because we're kind of afraid of being, you know, chastised. Why are you right. doing that? That's right. kind of silly. Um, uh, but, you know, what what advice would you give just off the top of your head to what? Uh, let me let me back up and rephrase that. What is more important that you take lessons with the equipment you have now that may or may not fit you, or to go to a club fitter, club PGA pro, and say, "Listen, hook me up with clubs that work, and then teach me how to use them." Well, I, I think that you have. Uh, this is uh, you know coming from my way of life. I mm-hmm. mean, I, that's, I, I've spent. I've spent. 50 years uh, on golf clubs. So I'm going to say that if you don't have, uh, I mean, I have people who basically I can, I couldn't teach uh, a good swing to with equipment that they play. So what I have to do is say, you know, use your three wood uh, to, uh, as your driver, use your seven wood as your fairway wood. And Mm -hmm. I can make uh, adjustments that way right. and do it but basically to, if they make a just understand if they make a good swing and they get a bad result it's kind of like getting hit in the head you learn to duck <laughs> and so they keep doing it and <laughs> and so uh this uh, you you need a club that basically encourages a good swing and most clubs uh, that I find with people encourage a bad swing, and so they make a bad swing, and they're yeah. and they're good at it, and they're able <laughs> to repeat it. They always said bad swings repeat as good as good swings, and they're right. Yeah. When you get on all this machinery, they repeat over and over again. Yeah, yeah. and uh, sometimes uh, even and better. they do it because of that's what they've learned. Yeah, exactly. and so, uh, so uh, yeah, that would be me. You wouldn't you wouldn't get seen out in public in pants that were three inches too short or too long for you, right? So. <laughs> Why are you going out with two long golf clubs? Brett, I got to say, man, uh, I think you made a good choice in Mr. Henry here. And um, Just surround yourself with good people, guys. That's what you do. That's what, that's what we that, – words to live by. Yep. And that's what we do here, and we appreciate you guys spending some time with us because you're now part of the good people we surround ourselves with. And, and so are you, and we thank you for listening. Listen, if you ever miss any of these wonderful shows we do, you can always catch up uh, online, thoseweekendgolfguys.com, or just go directly to audioboom.com, and we archive everything there. Yeah, audioboom. Follow us on Twitter at WKND Golf Guys, and then also go to our Facebook page and like that because, you know, we need the affirmation. It's uh, Facebook.com slash Golf Guys. Other than that, all I can say is have yourself a great week. We look forward to seeing you again next weekend right here this same place and in the interim. Get yourself some clubs that fit and go play some golf.